Is that mine or yours? It's yours. I'm a producer. How'd you get that? We got snacks. Well, who bought snacks? I don't know who. I didn't buy snacks. Cool. Would you like a Milano? This is all not supposed to be in the edit. Maybe it's maybe it's waited into the edit. I don't know. Welcome to the Eric Anders Lang Show. I might I might eat a Milano in a minute. Pepperidge Farm. This is actually the worst production thing I could have done is bring a crumbly cookie for you to eat on a mic. Dude, going back to the old school, I used to make cookies. For each guest, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then they told you, stop making. Uh, some of you listeners said you didn't like to hear people eating cookies. Some of you said, I want the recipe. Some of you were like, please, more cookie eating. Yeah. Did you get it? It was very divided. It was a lot like our political climate in the United States. It's a bicameral system. Yeah. Eric, how are you doing today? Happy, happy EEL show. Happy <laughs> It's a <laughs> holiday? Yeah. It's a <laughs> federal holiday. It's a bad bank holiday. So I saw someone post a picture that said, I love that people are celebrating. I can't remember anyway. Whatever. Is this? I saw something on Instagram and I was about to tell you about it, and I realized that's fucking stupid. That's OG podcasting. Yeah. Why would I tell you about something I saw on it? It's like when people try to describe a meme. Yeah. No, don't describe pictures. Yeah, you know? I like that. Thousand I, I like words. It that, takes a thousand words to describe a picture. At minimum. I mean, it's usually more than a thousand. Um. Yeah. So Precision Pro. Let's talk about it. Precision Pro, my rangefinder of choice, was playing with a random pairing uh, two days ago at Lions Muni in Austin. The guy had a Precision Pro. Nice. He had a uh, NX NX eight, I believe. And uh, yeah, I I dropped I dropped some. You know, I was a humble brag. I was like, Precision Pro. You mean the presenting sponsor of the EAL show? What is that? He's like, who's that? <laughs> he said, is he Swedish? <laughs> he's. <like, laughs> I mean, Eric Anders Lang. Yeah, I, I've been using the I've been using the new one with the uh, like the the cla- the grip mm-hmm. on it, and it looks and feels good. It's got a nice weight to it. Um, I like that rangefinder, man. And Precision Pro, as always, they've been a friend of the channel. And if you go to precisionprogolf.com/eric, E-R-I-K, you're going to get twenty dollars off your next rangefinder. Uh, they got a slope switch. Uh, they got the magnetic cart mount, dude. That thing is not coming off the cart. You need a crowbar to get it. That off thing the is cart. real. That's yeah. electromagnetic. Yeah, I actually think maybe it's a little too strong. It's too strong. Well, if you if you ever taken two Precision Pro rangefinders and tried to get them to touch each other, yeah, that's how, illegal in some states. <laughs> they create a nuclear fission. Yeah, and it's uh, anyway. It's a great rangefinder. We all love it here. Um, so we've got RGC Universe this week. Uh, well, this is last week, but I did want to ask you about it. The Rick swing video. Mm-hmm. How seismic of a change in your life? Massive. Is two little Sharpie dots on a knuckle. Massive. I'm a different golfer now. You know, I'm going through swing changes in myself right now. It's kind yeah. of a molting period. I feel like the yeah. butterfly, but right now I'm stuck inside a gooey cocoon. It's very painful. It's not fun. It's hard to breathe. You feel like you're underwater. You know, I mean, the, people write songs about going through changes, mm-hmm. not because it's like pleasant, you know? That's that's a really good point. It's challenging, man. Yeah, I, um, but I'm good now. I'm feeling really good. I um, mm-hmm. I mean, I won a match. I played up at the Lido with um, uh, Tom Doak, the architect, uh, and Peter Fiore, who is sort of this like, you know, um, amateur golfer, uh, historian of the game, but ultimately it's his side gig where he sort of designed the golf course to be resurrected, um, a C.B. McDonald course built in the 19-teens or whatever. Well, back up, back up. Adventures so, in Golf episode. I wasn't, I wasn't here for this, so, yeah, okay. so fill me in, because I didn't know you played a match either. So yeah. where are you, and how does it long, so Yeah, I kind of backed into this thing on the side. I tried to parallel park, but coming ahead in, you know, it's hard to do. 
But sometimes you can do it, but you got to be willing to go over the curb. I was about to go over the curb, and hey, we respect you. We don't want to throw you into the no into the ocean. We don't want to scratch your like teeth. That scene in Inception where it's yeah. going over the bridge, like in slow motion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe I'll watch that tonight. Anyway, um, yeah, I got a pint of ice cream at home. I've got some Jennies. Are you you're describing today, which is a Monday? Spoiler: earlier than a Monday, like it's a Friday. Yeah. What do you mean you're you got you what what flavor ice cream are you going for? I think I've got like peanut butter spreckled flex. Okay, uh, and you're thinking you're looking for a movie wreck. So you I'm gonna th- watch Inception. You think it's gonna be Inception? I mean, uh, the first half of Inception, I could watch. I, there's a lot of movies where I'll watch the first half. Mm-hmm. Talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, the first half of Talented Mr. Yeah. Ripley. Where do you stop? You stop. At I the stop when they're in the boat. In the in the boat. Right when he's about to kill him. Okay. Well, we're gonna bleep I'm, that out because I'm usually. <laughs> oh, you've seen it. They haven't seen also, it. So you don't know who's Mr. killing Ripley. who. That's a good point. Someone's dying. Yeah, someone will die in this movie. It's a Patricia. Yeah. And Heisman it's not the first person. The first person who dies is that's a B plot. Someone big dies. All right. Anyway, going back. Adventures in Golf. We are going to do a story about the Lido, which is a CB McDonald course on Long Island that was, you know, repurposed for the war and they were going to redo it, but they never did. And now there's a course in Long Island that's called Lido, but it's not the same course. It's a different golf course. And this guy, CB McDonald, did about 12 courses in his lifetime. He was a, you know, just a legendary dude. He invented the template hole. The guy's a monster. Most of his courses are on private facilities. And um, this Lido is now being reborn at Sand Valley. Long way of saying, I played a match and it was one of the best, funnest afternoons of my life. And I was playing well because of Rick Shields' swing tip. And um, yeah, I just had a good time. And you played Tom Doak? Yeah, me and Michael. Mm-hmm. The Michael Kaiser, who's the Kaiser family, started Bain and Dunes. Michael is the oldest son of Mike Kaiser. Um, so he's the one that kind of runs Sand Valley. Sweetest guy ever. We did a screening of Be the Ball up there like four years ago at Sand Valley. Wow. Like okay. when there was only one and a half courses. Mm-hmm. And now there's like almost four, maybe five, I guess. I don't know. We there, we were there late one night. Some dude, one of one of the guys in our group decided to play the par three course naked. It was a whole thing, man. Like we were having a little bit of a boondoggle. Apparently a lot of guys get naked on the par three course. This is a thing up there? Wait. Yeah, I don't know. People just want to take their clothes off. Okay. Well, you've already done that AIG episode of the past, <laughs> yeah, so I don't right. think we need a, a rerun of about that. Um, but anyway, we had a great time. I don't even know why I brought it up, but um, well, I, I was because I was asking about the swing. What's oh, the yeah. What's the big dif- biggest difference? If you haven't seen the the, the video, go head over to oh, RC yeah. Films. Yeah, Rick Shields gives me a swing lesson. Comes out of retirement. Yeah, for one last swing lesson, and the change he made on the grip. Did it impact your irons more or your driver more? Like what's everything? Everything has changed. Yeah, every part of my game is different. That's impossible. It's, it's such a small. It's such a small change. No, it's a huge change. I mean, it's like, it's 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 you changed a fundamental aspect of your game, right? Yeah, dude, I hit the ball so far. Like, what are we talking? I hit a pitching wedge 157 yards oh, yesterday morning. It's pretty cool. I had a par three. It was 134 yards. Mm-hmm. I was like, cool, easy pitching wedge, right? Medium pitching wedge. I hit it on th- over the back of the green. That's the best miss in golf. <laughs> I'll say it. Really, just nuking it. Just nuking it long, but not because you're swinging hard. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so then I started really adjusting my yardages, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I started. I I uh, yeah, I started playing well. I think that's what happened. So next break ninety, watch out. Is that is that kind of the message? Yeah, it's over. Yeah, you're throwing a glove down. Eighty one. Eighty one. Calling it. We're changing the name of the series. Okay, it's uh, it's Q and A time. Oh my goodness, that's right. We're doing a Q and A. It's kind of exciting. We haven't done one in. 
I don't know, months and months and months since March, maybe. Have we ever done a Q&A? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I don't have an answer to that one. What do you like about the Q&As? Um, well, I just am about to take my glasses off, which is nice. And yeah, I just, I just like them because it's like, it's like, it's like I'm having a conversation, I feel like with, you know, because when, whenever I travel around, I'll invariably meet someone who's like, you know, been, um, you know, uh, like touched by something that we've done either on the channel, on the podcast, on the Instagram, or maybe just like, you know, I ran into a guy yesterday at Sam Valley who came up to me and he was like, hey man, you know, like I, I love RGC and uh, if you have a Sharpie, I'd love for you to sign my Vice RGC ball. And I was like, whoa, dude, there's not, you know, you know, we did a limited edition Vice golf ball collections collaborations. We've got a new one coming out actually pretty soon. It looks really good. I just saw the finished product this morning. Have you seen it? No, I, I, you were passing it around, but I was, uh, I was it. editing audio. Get it in um, your dish. Anyway, so I like that it's a feeling of a conversation ultimately. So mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, first question for you comes from friend of the friend of the channel, Gibson Hall. Ah, Gibson, we miss you. What's the best road trip distance for a golf trip? <laughs> that's a great question. Wow, that's a great question. It depends on how much pain you're in. <laughs> if you're if you're doing some real soul searching, fifteen hours minimum. Uh, wow, one way drive, fifteen um, hours. Yeah, especially if you're solo. That's a long trip. <laughs> Here's the thing. Are you saying, are you in like a small portion in this circumstance? Yeah, you could do anything. Don't Doesn't really matter. Fit. Doesn't matter. Here's the thing: if you're in a lot, if you're running from something emotional, it's fifteen hours, and you must be alone. Now, if you're going with the boys, yeah, I think that might be what he was asking. <laughs> yeah, I have a different, I have a different story. Um, but if you're going with the boys and you're just like, you know, trying to cruise out, like, you know, between five and eight hours is a good length, right? For the for the one way, right? Because it's a full day of driving. It's like if it's five hours, you can leave after lunch and get there right in time for dinner. I'm getting excited just thinking about it. Honestly, my mouth started watering. I just ate, but like. I'm excited for the golf trip, dude. And also, I think one of the things, you want it to be long enough. I think I, I'm a proponent of long. I mean, three hours isn't a road trip. Mm-hmm. Three hours is just like, that's a long drive. So I think, you know, the long, if you can get close to 10 hours, eight to 10, what happens is, is you start to invite the unknown. Because it's like the further your, uh, you know, your tether is to the spaceship, yeah. the more things that can quote unquote go wrong. And obviously, to have a true adventure, the more things that can go wrong, the better. This is an interesting hypothesis you're making. You're saying, like, what kinds of things? Like, the capacity to show up to a restaurant and it's closed, so you end up going to a place that you've never even thought of before? Yeah, that's an easy one. Or, like... That's a, a, that's a, that's a level one. That's a, okay. What, do you, what is the Scientology? Are we... <laughs> am I being recruited? <laughs> What's a I level mean, three? Well, le- the five is the max. Okay. Well, let's start somewhere. So, so level three would be um, level three would be like extraordinarily bad weather, um, and a significant portion of the plan is not going to come to pass. For example, mm-hmm. hotel is booked. Uh, maybe there's a flat tire. Um, there's um, you know, yeah, weather is like I can't actually play golf, or if I do, I need to acquire some equipment that I don't currently. Ab- own you're saying like level three is challenge meets opportunity yeah and yeah. what's like an ex- like would you have a do you, something come to mind things come to my mind oh for sure on level three yeah oh i mean we're talking here about what's fun mm. and if you're like me fun is challenge right like fun is like fuck fun <laughs> is also known as fuck so i mean yeah i have a lot of examples of level three i mean um geez i mean 
Ah. Uh, what was what was the AIG episode that you just ended up shooting entirely on the fly? It was like one. It was your, there was probably you, you, Eric just lifted his arms like what the fuck? Now which one? <laughs> there was. Well, Askernish had no plan. That's that's the two. one I was thinking. Yeah. Of, yeah. Now Cape Town, we also didn't have a plan. That one came out great. We'd also gotten better at our job, so it does it looks less off the cuff. Um, but then also, um, I mean, earlier seasons were way more off the cuff than now. Yeah, now there's well, now there's pre-production. There's a little bit of planning, which you know, unfortunately, got to do that. I apologize. Um, what's level five? I gotta ask. Is level like- five is it probably is like personal injury. <laughs> um, there could be there could be some law enforcement involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, level five is like you're happy just to return home. Level five is like, that was very scary. <laughs> I can't think of a level five golf moment in my life, but you're, you're describing the kind of experience that when you do get home, what are you talking, like top five sleeps of your life, you know? <laughs> when you get home, like you may cry. Like there may be like tears of relief. Like, like level five is like, there's a crime. There's some type of uh, 911 is involved, whether it's, you know, uh, ambulance, cop or fire department. You know, someone, someone's coming to your es- rescue at that point. Like level five for me is like I had a car get broken into when I was in Napa. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they stole a laptop and I was on a golf trip. Level five is, um, yeah, le- level five is like more severe, like, like, like flat tire, not a big deal if you're in a metropolitan area. Now, if you're not, if you're in like Eastern Washington state, sure, you know that like I had a, I had a level five in Eastern Washington state where I had a car break down on the middle of a road where I was like 80 miles from Boise, Idaho. And, uh, the car broke down and I didn't have any cell reception (laughs) in like the high desert. And so I just pulled over and I started walking back to town and, uh, I found this ranch and like, I went up to the gate and like it was locked and then it just opened. (laughs) <laughs> no like and i walked in and i was like what And it was like very fancy and they were like a, a worker came out and he was like what's the problem so he called and then i ended up the long story short is i ended up staying in boise for about five days while they fixed my car i got into a little relationship with this girl who also owned a dirt bike and i just dirt biked around boise idaho i had the best time ever you're describing level six you're telling me there's a hidden <laughs> there's an off menu item there's a romance these, story yeah uh, level five also as dark as level five is, it also must be that bright too. The, the peaks and the valleys have to match. Okay, so if we have that's advice, up to you. If we have advice for Gibson, who's in the Washington D.C. area, yeah, what ten-hour road trip, golf road trip, would you suggest to someone living in the middle of the Eastern Seaboard? Well, Google, how far? I mean, Tobacco Road is worthy. I don't know if that's ten hours. I think that's under. It's going to be under. Yeah, I think it's like under five, three. Uh, so if he's looking for, you could, you could do like a. Oh, you circle. know what he should do? Southern Ohio. Southern Ohio. That's a beast. What's there? So many. Ohio has some sneaky, some of the best golf. Yeah. Sneaky, Gibson? sneaky, sneaky. Get Camargo, in your car. Um, Moraine. Uh, yeah, no, there's some really good golf in Ohio. Um, Columbus, he could get to maybe. I mean, a lot of these are privates. So public, though, you're going to, what you should do is Southern Ohio has good golf. I would, I would comp this list with Sugarloaf's Hidden Gem and Andy Johnson's, um, you know, best publics. Mm hmm. But yeah, I think you're looking. I would draw a, a seven to twelve hour radius band nice. around your home and see what fits into that. It could be Southern Ohio. Honestly, uh, Robert Trent Jones Trail. 
Yeah, that's like the Appalachian Trail of golfers. Yeah, that's pretty fire. Not the vibiest. Mm-hmm. Like you're not um, Birmingham. I guess you're near Birmingham. Maybe is good. Um, I'm not prepared to go any deeper on this question, though. I got a follow up for you, so yeah. it all works out. Uh, we had a question kind of related to the public-private deal, which is the question was like, you obviously play a lot of private courses in your life. Um, for someone who just wants to play, how are there any hidden tips or tricks for getting on a, a private, private course? A private course. Or is it just you get lucky, you know, someone pay money? I'm a big believer in um, manifestation mm-hmm. and asking for what you want. Asking for what you want is maybe the great secret skill set. Yeah. So and here's the thing. You got to know this too about people that are members of private clubs. Do you know what they want to do? Take people to their private clubs. Yeah. That's that's really where you start to unlock the door of the universe for your own golf game. So you imagine yourself right now. Close your eyes. Okay. Just cl- Everyone close your eyes. You are a person that wants to play private courses, but you don't feel like you have access to them. Okay. Mm. That doesn't feel so good. Now, let's just zoom out and imagine that, in fact, you're a person that has chosen not to join a private club because many of the people in your life want to take you there because you're so engaging and fun to be around or or you're a fantastic golfer or you tell them stories or maybe you, know, you bring them a small gift before the round like an envelope that just says something like, thank you so much for bringing me out to your private club. I, I wish you many holes in one. Right. And so now you've imagined that you're actually not that first person that's lacking. You're this other person that's just like in an abundance of being, you know, fulfilled with invitations to some of the best, you know, uh, private courses in the world. Now, as you walk into the cafe that you go to every morning and you see someone wearing a a polo with a a logo of a course that you covet, what do you do? Mm, You go straight towards them and you say, My name's blah, blah, blah. What's yours? And they tell you and you say, Are you? By any chance, a member of that course, because it's on the list of many things in my life mm-hmm. that I would feel fulfilled if I was able to play there. And I feel like seeing you today is a wild coincidence because I had a dream about it. That's a lie that you didn't have a dream yeah, last you, night. You've been tailing them for you several can hours. <laughs> because you can embellish. You actually tailed them out of the parking lot of the course. Yep. <laughs> it's funny seeing you here. Oh my God, what are the chances? Did you just happen to play 18? <laughs> you couldn't have because you left the course at 10 a.m. What did you do? Were you having breakfast? Anyway. You get what I'm saying is you fucking stick your hand in the cookie jar and you take the cookies. Because in my experience, the cookie jar doesn't open itself. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good advice. Um, So get out there and just ask for what you want. Just ask. Uh, Our next question comes from the Discord, which did you ever think you'd ever be in a a place in your life where those sentences would happen? Like you'd be doing a QA and a and... Yeah. I, I lived in a perpetual state of discord for most of my 20s. <laughs> you heard voices asking you questions. Yeah, it was lack of harmony. From the discord. That's the way to describe Usually it. Usually if you had a question from the discord, it meant something else. <laughs> um, this one comes from Hake uh, Fellflame, which is pretty sick. Is he, where's they from? Uh, I have no idea where they're from. Okay. I can, I can check. It sounds right? like uh, Finnish or Danish. Or uh, California. Okay. There you go. Cool. Never mind. Yeah, there you go. Um, if hosting an upcoming pro event wasn't a primary criteria for a course in the breaking series, what sites would you just really want to see attempted? I love that, Hockey. Great question. And we're we're actually really looking at um, you know, expanding the reach of where we can do these. Here's here's one of the things. You may not know this about me. My ideal golf scenario, if you again, close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ready? Okay, here it is. 
a milky breeze coming off of the Caribbean Sea. There's so many palm trees in sight that it's a joke. Like you, you couldn't identify one amongst the many. And there's these, you know, like pretty rough fairways that are like filled with brackish water irrigation. I don't nice. even know. I got the brackish in there. And, uh, you know, it's just stunning. Now, wait, I don't know if I described a good breaking series. Actually, that's just where I want to go play golf. I like island golf. What can I say? I like I like tropical island golf. I don't play enough of it. Do you think we could do a breaking series collaboration with Survivor? Oh, that'd be amazing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, teams. you have to make a fire. This hole is not about making par. This hole is about starting a fire. <laughs> Whoever gets the lowest score on this next hole gets uh, 18 <laughs> grains of rice. Yeah, do yeah. with it what you will. You know, I've been on the Survivor set. Have we talked about this? No, we haven't talked about this. Yeah. Wait, you have a picture of Lizzie McGuire. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm saving that for a later question. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, the Survivor set. Not Lizzie McGuire. That's 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 a. Uh, I I have a question about it. You want to you want to just go right Tyler's into Tyler's wife, but you have Lizzie something or other. I can't remember her last name. Lana Del Rey. Lana. No, but her previous real name is not Lana Del Rey. Oh, it's not. To Google. No, let's do the let's do the question. You know, let's let's yeah, just okay. Right we'll come it. back to the break we'll series. We're going to expand series. it. You got to tell. I, I'm going to Google what was Lana Del Rey's. Hey Siri, what's Lana Del Rey's real name? Hold it up to the mic. Lizzie Grant. Lizzie Grant. Yeah. Okay. Well, the reason Eric might know that um, is because we got a we literally got a question from a Lana Del Rey fan account. Yeah. And That's because hilarious. supposedly you took this photo. I did. You know I did, or you didn't know that. You I, thought maybe I didn't. Oh, I, I, we just got like a link and a question from a random line, of, you know, that's not necessarily the, the fountain of information. Yeah. They don't, they're not coming to Random Golf Club for Lana Del Rey wisdom. Not usually, but that's why I have to ask. Um, Lana Del Rey, very successful pop singer, alternative music. I don't know. How would you, how would you describe Lana Del Rey? I don't know Lana Del Rey. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know her. The, I, I, I think she, yeah, she's a, She's a fucking really famous singer. She's a super fucking yeah. famous singer. Yeah, and I don't know her songs. And the question is... I think I listened to one of them and it was kind of depressing. Yeah, but I think that's kind of the vibe. They're it's, kind of dark. It's, it's like it's kind of like early Lord. Anyway, uh, the question is, your 2003 photo shoot for Ford models of Lana Del Rey, exclamation point, exclamation point. Sorry, there's no question mark in there. Interesting. Just previous life, what... I'll just ask it. What was it like? What is your life 10 years, 15 years ago on a photo shoot for a, a soon-to-be-famous pop singer versus now. Yeah, so, um, okay, we'll, we'll close your eyes now. <laughs> Jesus, what's the theme here? I was 22, maybe even 21. I lived in a, um, a 3,000-square-foot loft with two other fully-grown adult men um, who mostly walked around in their bathrobes. We were all paying about $500 a month rent because we lived in kind of a real building that shouldn't have been inhabited when it would rain um we would as a group the three of us we were on the top floor mm -hmm. but most of the other floors didn't have humans living in them when it would rain the hallway the stairwell there was no elevator the stairwell would smell so rancid from all of the dead rat like soup at the bottom of the stairwell that we would pour pour um five gallon buckets of bleach down the stairs just to like try and kill the smell <laughs> like seeping down with For the sure. rain did you ever see fight club the paper street soap yeah, of course that was where i lived swear to god it was like it was like the guy who had lived who had had the main lease on this building had lived mm -hmm. there for 25 years he was the drummer for the tom tom club 
you know the Tom Tom Club. They've got a couple hits. I don't remember what they are. But anyway, he so and he had lived there since like way long ago. So anyway, I'm in this building and they let me rent out an 800 square foot bedroom within this room of theirs. I painted it all white. I built a little set and I built a loft and basically I would just do photo shoots there all the time and they hated me. So I'd play music. I'd be up late. They would knock on the window. Like I was probably a terrible roommate. I was Wait, sober. Where is it? This is in LA. This is in Brooklyn. This is in Brooklyn. Yeah, this is in Brooklyn. So this is in it, what it would really become. is like the Fight Club. Like oh yeah. And it's early Williamsburg days, but it's deep Williamsburg. This was like half a mile in Grand. At the time, it was like there was they opened up a coffee shop while I lived there, mm-hmm. but before that, it was kind of just like nah. And you have a studio there. Yeah, that I just had a little wall that I used. You're with doing lights. like portraiture. Yeah, and so I would do these like magazine photo shoots. I would do like other stuff. Like this particular one was for Zinc magazine, which I don't know if it exists anymore. But I would work for like Condé Nast Traveler. Um, I did some stuff for Vanity Fair. I did some portraits for. I did a, like I had like probably twenty different clients for magazines. Who's the first person you photographed that that you were like, oh, okay? Yeah. Oh, that was like well known. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I mean, I did a portrait of Takashi Murakami. That's right. Which kind of changed my life. That yeah. was what took me into video. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, who else? Like, I guess. Uh, <clears throat> in that moment with Takashi, like, did you know that that was as big a deal as it? Was? Oh yeah, I was hella nervous. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I knew very well that he was very busy and that I couldn't fuck it up. And I was like, you know, and sometimes with photo- with photography, it's really interesting because each time it's an improvisation. It's like golf. Like each time you go into a photo shoot, or a, it's like you there is not you you have some experience that can help you become formulaic and you can understand like how to solve the problems. But ultimately, a lot of times it's like this is brand new. So anyway, this particular photo shoot that Lana Del Rey, Lizzie Grant was in was like this, like the whole concept was, I think it was, I think it was all about like Zinc wanted what they call like a hair story. So it's like Mm -hmm. all of these models had like crazy hairdos. And I found this hairstylist that really wanted to do these hairdos. And so it was called Sweet 16. So I, I made that cake out of like styrofoam and like all of these birthday cakes. So it's all these birthday cakes that I made as props. Wait, that's not a real cake. No, I made it. It's made out of plastic and like paper mache. That, that's pretty cool. I'm so looking at the image is. on screen. Maybe we'll post it on social later as a snippet, but it does look like a real cake. Uh, thank you. I mean, I did. A, I was a prop stylist. I did the lighting. Yeah. And anyway, and then so and actually, what's funny is I remember Lizzie. Like we had like a a connection, and then some years later, someone was like, "That's Lana Del Rey," and I was like, "What?" Yeah. Right now, I didn't know that Lana Del Rey's. Real name or non-stage yeah. name was Lizzie. What was the last name? Lizzie Grant. Lizzie Grant. Very different time. Um, I got another question for you, Callum Walker. What is the most unexpected benefit you have found playing golf? Wow. Uh, what's up, Callum? Um, unexpected benefit of the golf game of from playing golf. Yeah. Take it whatever direction you want, because obviously the, the the obvious one is golf. You know, you, you picked up golf. You didn't expect to like it. Well, I mean, we're, we we it depends on when was the expectation right. not formed. Exactly. Right. And I guess overall, I mean, like this is kind of a fucked up answer, but like I didn't know that it was going to define my life. <laughs> like, I mean, that's like a that's fair or not fair. Beyond that, though, I think the uh, the most unexpected benefit is that golf becomes your um, in in a lot of ways it it can become a social circle. 
it can become a group of people that you connect with. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't know that. Like, I mean, even like going last yesterday up to Lolito in, in Wisconsin and spending time with these people who like, you know, have given their lives to the game, who are fascinated by the game and like are working to, you know, make it what they would like to see. You know, that's sort of, you, you sort of develop your own club within a club in the game. That's an unexpected benefit. I mean, beyond that, you know, it's also like, you know, it's that, it's that purpose. It's that detour. It's that reason to go somewhere. Um, yeah, that's the unexpected benefit. It's a reason to travel and a reason to meet people. Kind of like a camera was for me before. Yeah, and and conversations too. Yeah. Like I, it's part of meeting people, but even this whole podcast. Yeah. You know, you would never, I mean, you only did it because you couldn't do a video series about golf, right? Sometimes that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> so that's enough for a green light. All right, the dip's 37. Mary fuck, kill. Band and dunes. Piners number two. Sawgrass. All right, I'm fucking Piners number two for sure. Because <laughs> oh, that course is sinister. Sure. This is just fucked up. You know what I mean? It's so like, Piners number two is just like, I mean, I, this, I don't know how sexual we're going to get here, but Piners not number that. two. Not that sexual. not a lot of rough on Piners number two. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Um, it's also a very long golf course. Very true. And yeah, it's, it's just, it's so beautiful that it's scary. Okay. It's like you're nervous. Well, that's your type. There you go. That's, yeah, that's all that's you my need type. right there. Okay. And then what was the third option? Uh, well, you have the Mary and the Killing for Bandon and Sawgrass, and Pine. No, yeah. Sawgrass. Sawgrass. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to kill Sawgrass. <laughs> that was obviously Pete died. <laughs> <For> sure. <laughs> Yeah, I'm killing Sawgrass for sure. Um, although, I feel like you're making good choices here. Marrying Bandon feels like the right call. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to kill Sawgrass just because, like, see, now I kind of want to kill Pinehurst, but it's okay. I'm going to kill Sawgrass just because, like, you know, um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't really have a good reason. That's a tough one. It's kind of hard, but marrying Bandon again. Marry Bandon. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I want a long term relationship with Bandon. Going and going. That'd be a cool breaking series. Yeah, just marry Bandon Dunes. Yeah, oh, that would be a cool video. Everyone series. gets engaged at Bandon Dunes. What about this? I married Bandon Dunes. RGC meetup, but only people who are about to get married. Yeah. On a part three. I'm like, who gets on one knee in this case? <laughs> <laughs> Who's marrying who? Ms. Bandon. <laughs> Machinella named his child Bandon. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's that. I feel bad. Honestly, I'm gonna. I'll be honest. I feel bad for the kid. Why? Lots to live up to. No, spend the whole life being like Brandon. <laughs> Did you just spell your name wrong? <laughs> like, there's no, no it's way. Bandon. What's the nickname for Bandon? That's a good question. Probably Band, Bandy. I don't know. Tristan C. I kind of like this question. Favorite smell? Um, that's a great question. It's a, it's like a warm summer night, warm summer evening. You know, it's like where it's like you just smell like earth. Nature. Well, what does that mean for you? Because do you are you just going back to like New Jersey late in summer? You kind of smell thunder. You smell like humidity. Like because that's my childhood as well. Is that kind of New England? Yeah. Feeling or do you mean like the the West Coast air smell on summer? Or do you mean Texas where you just you smell the heat in the late summer? <laughs> no, it's definitely more like a north northern United States northern mm -hmm. north. We it could be any northern state. But yeah, the summer evening, it's like it's like all of a sudden, it's like the dew starts to form and the oh, the scents kind of rise up where it's like this, 
it's just like this incredible fragrant moment. I don't even know quite what it is, but it's it's a it's a non it's a non distinct smell, right? It's not like a flower or the ocean or something like that, or like a subway. Like you know, it doesn't smell like bra- It doesn't. I mean, the, a, exhaust does smell really good. I will say that. That's a bad. That's a, that's a tough take. Oh, is that just a car guy thing? <laughs> like I like the smell of yeah, it smells good of added chemicals to petrol. Yeah, or just exhaust, you know, just carbon dioxide. I don't know. I think that's, I guess the only time I like the smell of exhaust might be like lawnmower adjacent exhaust smell. There you go. That's good too. That's a pretty good one with the grass clipping. You know what else really smells good? Go for it. Fucking some sunscreens, you know, the coconut sunscreen. No, that does not smell good. What are you talking about? That is a bad smelling thing. It just smells like the beach though. It smells like, it smells like Misquamacate. First of all, I don't know what that is. It's like a beach in it's beach in Connecticut, so fair enough. But it smells like Jersey Shore. Like it smells like a boardwalk and a ton of people. I need to make a shirt that says "Smells like Miskwanicet," and it's just a picture of you with a speech bubble <laughs> using o- suntan lotion. <laughs> don't make that shirt. People might buy it. Um, let's do one question before we go to a quick break, uh, because we obviously got a ton of live questions. Cool. You, you, we knew we were going to get them. Oh, cool. Uh, but there was one I I actually kind of liked. And it was by uh, Evan Ward. Um, and it starts with, what do you think about Liv? And then the follow-up is, how would you write their mission statement? And I actually kind of liked that. Yeah, all right. So my thoughts on Liv. It's obviously a big subject. I do think, um, you know, for me, I'm like interested in disruption kind of at any level. Uh, this is obviously much more complicated and like the news about the lawsuits is kind of like, what's going on here? And like, it's a very much head scratchy kind of moment. I mean, I almost want to back up from the question a little bit and just say like, for me, pro golf has almost, um, never really been what I'm about. I'm a fan of the game, but like, I don't really comment on it too much. Like I love interviewing the players and learning about what makes them tick and, and how they got so good and like what they do off their, you know, off, off time and stuff like that. But like, for me, I've always been just focused on the amateur game, focused on the game. Like a lot of the people that come to our meetups and a lot of people that like, I enjoy playing golf with, like don't even really know what it is and don't even really care. And like, don't even really know like that the masters is different from the players. And like, I mean, I want to celebrate that. And so I've kind of like just watched the live happen and like, you know, it's not, my commentary on it is like, okay, cool. Like do it. Don't do it. Care about it. Don't care about it. Watch it. Don't like PGA tour changes. I don't know. Like I will say that like, I've always thought that the formula one model should be applied to golf. Is it working right now? I don't know. I don't think so, but I've also stopped watching formula one. I've stopped watching a lot of pro golf. So the mission statement was the question that I was given. Like, what would the mission statement for the live tour be? Like, I, I have no idea how to say that. I mean, you know, like I, I know for random golf club, our mission statement is to create the friendliest golf club on earth. Um, and, uh, and to make golf a club for everyone. And so the truth is like live PGA tour, LPGA, LET, like, you know, it's a different thing. You know, they're not, we're not really, we're working in the same area, but it's a different arena. Um, I think the rules of golf does get kind of interesting because I do think that like we could change the rules of golf for the amateurs to help them have more fun and play faster and enjoy the game more. Um, and then the pro golfers can play under different rules. 
Um, and the two shall coexist, I believe. So anyway, that's my thoughts. Nice sound, the sound effect at the end. Yeah. I liked what Augustine Pisa said in the podcast that came out last Monday. If you haven't listened to it, listen to it. Um, y'all were talking about designing golf courses and someone came up like no one, no one is actually thinking that golf courses need to be harder. Like that's right. not the problem we have right yeah, now. Yeah, I love that. Which is just such a nice moment. All right, we're going to go to a, opening uh, up my mint Milano. a quick break because Eric is chewing. And, a baby. Uh, when we come back, I actually got a really pretty wild question. Whoa. So stick around. I don't know what wild means, but we'll see you in a second. All right, folks, as you gear up for fall, oh, that's right. This is an ad read coming at you. I started, but I didn't tell you it was an ad read. Are you ready now? Are you Take off your seatbelt. I'm not ready. <laughs> How are you not ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. You're the one that gave me the copy. No, you're right. I'm ready. All right, folks, as you gear up for fall, and by that we mean the season, <laughs> you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. I'm going to try to pronounce this in the most terrible way possible. Yeah, that's what that's the notes we got back from them. They were like, yeah, next time, could you pronounce the words poorly? Yes. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier <laughs> to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Yeah, if you don't know what LinkedIn is, you know, you got a problem. Fucking focus. Fucking find out. <laughs> Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond. <laughs> The world's largest professional network of over 810 million people are on this thing? I don't believe that number. There's no way there's a billion people on LinkedIn. That sounds so stressful. It's a good question because uh, you know how most Instagram accounts are bots? I use LinkedIn. No. Yes. There's a lot of bots. Yeah, there's a ton of bots out there, but it's hard for me I've to imagine. I've considered making the switch. To being a bot? I'm considering becoming a bot. Okay, well, let's talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, I just think it'd be fun, you know? I don't think that there are... There's no way people are making bot accounts on LinkedIn, are they? I don't know. I've never... I have a LinkedIn account, but I don't use it. Yeah, you're not... That's you're not, not, that's you're, not you're a not, negative review. You're not I looking just, for a job? <laughs> I'm looking for people who are looking for a job. Folks, it's the largest professional network with 810 million human people. So far, I, do, I did hear that they're working on... An, don't even say. <laughs> K9 LinkedIn. Dude, there are animals that work. Horses work. What do you mean there are dogs animals work? that No, they're Think not about working. about K9 search team. They're working adjacent. There are dogs that are looking for jobs. <laughs> I would just hate, I would hate to have a small business. And you know, LinkedIn, we love LinkedIn. Uh, but one of my favorite aspects is they suggest people for your role. But if they just suggested me a dog... <laughs> <laughs> like I need a cashier. Have you tried a? Have you tried a spot? What's the? What's the joke though? The dog writes the letter and he's like, "What does the dog? What does the letter say?" He's like, "Art." <laughs> he doesn't say that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, LinkedIn is uh, why small businesses rate number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Uh, LinkedIn jobs help you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Every week, 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Jesus. Yeah, we got several questions in the Q&A. Uh, how, how can I work for you? Like, hire Go me. Go to LinkedIn. Go to LinkedIn. We have a LinkedIn. We do actually have posts on LinkedIn. We have posts on LinkedIn. We're not currently hiring right now, so, as far as I know. Well, I think we are looking for a CEO. Out. 
<laughs> this guy's just too much. A non-dog CEO. Yeah. You're he's... a dog and you wanting to be a CEO. Yeah. I'm like... Uh... You know, I'll say this, Eric. You got that dog in you. I do. You got that dog in you. That dog will hunt. Is that what they say? That's not what they say. I, I'm anyway, if you post your job for free at LinkedIn.com, um, if you use this, it's LinkedIn.com slash EAL show, and then you can post your job for free. LinkedIn.com slash EAL show to post your job for free. If you're a fan of Club Glove, we're just going to move right into this. Um, if you're a fan of Club Glove, um, and you would then know that they're the number one travel gear on tour. It's where the people put all their clubs in them when they go on the road. It's literally a glove for your club, also known as a suitcase that your clubs go into. And my friend Jeff uh, over at Club Glove has a great deal to offer you. Not on the Club Glove, though. Sister brand. Something better. Because mm-hmm. the Club Glove, you know the only problem with the Club Glove? It doesn't have eyeballs. It's tough. You can't put it on your head. You can't wear sunglasses if you're a Club Glove. So Jeff went over to Japan. He figured it out, and he started their sister brand. Shaden Precision Eyewear. Yep. And I'm telling you, dude, the mineral glass has the clarity of perhaps nothing. The clarity of a well-struck wedge? Boom. It's actually clearer than... I put them on and I can see more clearly. How is that possible? Yeah, I don't know how that's possible. You should get your eyes checked. I should. Or maybe I should get the glasses checked. Go to <laughs> clubglove.com, click on eyewear... And then you go to use the code EAL show for $20 off site wide. These glasses aren't like the cheapest shades, but they're really good. And if you get the wraparounds, dude, we can look the same. That's right. I wear them a lot when I go trail running, actually. We got a question from Skiri17 Childhood dream car and current dream car? Question mark. You know, I was a big fan of Magnum PI when I was a kid. Okay. And so they had the 308 GTO Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Um, that was always my like dream car as a kid. I would absolutely never, ever get that car. Why not? It's just too flamboyant. It's very flamboyant. Yeah. Right now, my dream car would be a uh, brand new GT3 Touring in like probably like a slightly flat lime color with a tan leather, light tan leather interior. I might, I would, I'm really not sure whether I would do automatic transmission or uh, manual. Um, but I would definitely put a roof rack on that bitch and I would drive it all over God's green earth. I would drive that thing down to Tierra del Fuego. That's what I would do. I would just throw, I would I would treat that thing like it was a bad dog. You know what I mean? Do you ever? I don't even know what that means. Do you ever have a motorcycle? I would it, it, go back up though. I didn't treat it like a bad dog. Yeah. I would I would treat that thing like a horse that wanted to be ridden through some mud. You know what I mean? There you go. Like I would not be precious with this car. Um, I'm a big fan, and I, well, I have a Subaru, so I'm a big fan of get some mud on your car. Yeah, take that thing off the road, let the salt corrode the earth. Um, did you were you ever a motorcycle guy? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. What's your like long? Motorcycle I had like multiple trip? motorcycles. You never knew that? No, we we didn't know each other. I've ridden across the country. I, I didn't rode know from that. L.A. to New York. It was what terif- That was a level five. That's a five. That was a five. <laughs> a few things went wrong on that trip. It was I, a four month trip. What's the at what speed on a motorcycle? do you start to really feel like you're pushing the limits of how fast a human should go in the open air? That's a good question. Most of my bikes, I took off the speedometers. (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't want to know. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's like, that's like playing golf. Not with only with no range finder. That's like going up to every hole, (laughs) taking the, uh, the T markers, throwing them in the woods. 
Yeah, I mean, pick up the scorecard. It's a bit of a different game. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the bike too. Like, I have a bike that I built myself where a hundred miles an hour felt like you know I was, you know, like everything was going to fall off. And then I had a Goldwing, which is a little faster. But yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I was in a couple accidents, and then I decided to stop completely. Why did you ask about the bikes? I was just curious because I'm thinking about getting one. Oh yeah, what kind? Uh, I would probably just want like a Yamaha, like something. Like what kind of bike though? Like like you're talking about like a like a little street bike, or like a little cruiser. Yeah, like probably a Har- something like a Harley. Probably something like a little bit. Like I don't want to go long, long trips. But I was thinking like 150, like nothing crazy. Okay, like a Shadow. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's cool. I don't know. They're really good for the uh, environment. You know, you can. I'm sick of Austin traffic. Let's be real, dude. Austin. You're gonna melt. I've yes, it's hot here, but it's only hot here right now. Like it's uh, gonna get less hot here. I mean, it's hot for four months. It's hot for a good amount of time. Uh, we got did go to get a question from multiple people. Best part of living in Austin. Worst part about living in the Austin. People, the people in the nature. Answer to both, or that's best. <laughs> no, the best part is the people in the nature. I mean, you just feel connected to both very deeply. The worst part, there's the red lights are quite long. Yeah, they they linger. Yeah, it's like weirdly like it's like I'm like this thing. Short I'm, yellows too. I've watched a lot of yeah i just sort of sit there for a while and like after a while you're like i'm still here what's going on you like forget that you were sitting there and then the other bad part about living in austin um that's a good question well i mean it's 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 tough to get a direct flight you know what i mean like yeah small airport yeah and united only has like i think they only have like four gates here so it's like you're not quite as and and because you're in a connecting airport quote unquote like like last night i got home and I noticed that every American flight was canceled. I got into the, I, I was walking through the terminal at like 10.30 p.m. And it was way more crowded than I was used to. And basically Dallas had uh, weather. And so all these American flights connecting through Dallas weren't going. So that's the other thing too is it can, it can disrupt your travel plans. Uh, the other problem with that is you end up flying through Dallas and Houston a ton. And that is a little demoralizing flying into Texas and knowing you're not home. It hurts. Yeah. It hurts. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's an extra hour and a half. I mean, it's shorter than driving. But yeah, I mean, also, but like living in LA, the downsides are so many that whatever direct flight, it doesn't make your life that much easier. Um, and the benefits, I don't think about it too much. Uh, here's a question for you. You never went to college. Um, not yet. Not yet. Well, there's the question. Uh, if you were granted admission and free tuition into any school in the country, going back in time, and obviously back, back in time so it's your your 18 or, or whatever oh cool what college would you want to go to i would go to harvard business school for entrepreneurship and i would probably be exactly where i am anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i i really I, there's so many things that i've learned now well you don't have today's knowledge oh like you're getting dropped back in time and you're going to school but i can make a call based on what i know now and then when i yeah. get back there i'll forget everything i know yeah yeah harvard business school harvard business school for entrepreneurship for sure Totally. The thing is, because because back then, if I was making a choice about school, like I wouldn't have known where I was going to be. So I think knowing what what the knowing how an entrepreneur solves problems, I have had to learn later in life. Okay, I, I'm I'm a little surprised by the answer. That's I think that's why I'm I also think I would have been able to identify opportunity more quickly. Yes. You might also have just hated it. What Harvard Business School? Yeah, maybe. Guarantee. Guarantee. Okay. I would have dropped out for sure. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's the success rate, supposedly. Um, part of Dom asks, 
three questions from part of Dom. First one being, who is one of your mentors mentors in life? Well, I worked a lot with uh, a photographer when I was in my early 20s. And, you know, yeah, David LaChapelle. So he, he was definitely like, we talked about him before on the podcast, but seeing the way he works and kind of his commitment to creative integrity was really cool. Um, and his like persistence around, um, you know, like being patient with himself. Like I remember there was one time where I, I don't remember what it was, but I saw someone giving a talk on stage. And at one point during the talk, he said, I'm sorry, I just need to collect my thoughts. Will you give me a moment? Wow. And then he just took a minute. Yeah. And then he was like, okay, now I'm ready to start talking again. And I was like, wow, thank you for like, first of all, I didn't mind the break. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think David was a lot like that too. Um, Other than that, mentors. um, Do you have any golf mentors in your life? It's an interesting question. I mean, Dr. Parent, author of Zen Golf. Of course. For sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we spent a lot of time together talking about golf and life and everything in between. Do you think you'll ever have another mentor? Do you think that's something people age out of? Yeah, I think I had a call with one earlier today. Yeah, I mean, I think asking for help is what a mentor is. And Mm -hmm. and I think in today's day and age, in a busy global environment that we all live in, it's harder and harder to find time and committed um, scheduling. But I mean, and especially as the world gets more global, via broadband internet and like video calling it's like well then the opportunity to connect with so many more people exists but um asking for help is sort of the key feature of a mentorship um and finding someone who's willing to give it to you yeah i was actually on a call earlier today with an uh another founder in the golf world it's a company that you know um and you may actually be a customer of theirs it's a much bigger company than Random Golf Club, and it's a totally different mission in the sense that they solve a completely different problem for you. Um, and he was very kind. I, I expressed the problems I'm having and the questions I'm having, and the, you know, what am I? What do we? What do we do about that? What do we do about this? And he said, "Well, you know, and you know, you're on a good call." And he says, "This is, you know, don't tell anybody this, but you know, when seven years ago this was happening, and I decided to do this, and it took me a year and a half to figure that out, and uh, and I did it." And now I'm here and I'm like, holy shit, you are there now. Like you've done it. And, you know, at the end of the call, he said something that's really key to having a mentor. He said, call me anytime. You have my number. You know what I mean? Like anything you need. And, uh, and he's actually a member of YPO, Young, uh, Young Professional, I think it's Young Professionals Organization. What is this? This is a cult? What is it? Yeah, it's a cult um, for executives and people that, you know, run companies in different sizes. Um, and then there's one called EP, which is like, I don't know what that one's called, but like these are all different sizes of basically it's basically like random golf club for people that like, you know, have started their own company and, uh, you know, find that, you know, you find I find that on some level being around people that have experienced the extraordinary highs and the devastating lows and within that the feeling of loneliness, because at some point, like, you know, um, as we sort of deal with the confusion and like newness of everything that happens as an entrepreneur. I mean, entrepreneur, like the joke about going to school for it is that like that wouldn't teach you anything because it's yeah. kind of like flying a plane. <clears throat> you Which I mean? you can go to school for and should. Okay, it's like riding a bike. Okay. You need to feel it. Mm-hmm. And you need to fall down. Everybody falls down. And that's, for me, like where I'm at now. And so, yeah, so the conversation that I had this morning felt a lot like, oh, wow, like that, this could turn into something that I really need. Someone who doesn't need anything from me or want anything from me, but just 
just wants to help and they understand the anyway the ypo is kind of this like organization that's hinges around the idea of like support kind of full circle from earlier in the podcast yeah. ask for help yeah and there's one thing we i feel like we go back to that a lot yeah you that that person that takes you to their private club they also could be your mentor <laughs> hey i've been following you for several blocks and uh hey, do you want to be my mentor and or take me out to a golf course of your choosing <laughs> preferable would be both but uh i can't i can't uh Actually, we asked this the, the person i'm talking to did take me out to play golf a few weeks ago oh really at a private course <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah well there you go we live our mission there you go uh we ask this every time we do a q a what's the favorite club in the bag right now last time was a putter so, you know it's almost also the putter right now i made a lot of really good putts uh in the past week um but I'm kind of loving like just like seven iron, you know what I mean? Just oh. gripping the shit out of that. I'm a ball. long way from not having it in your bag. <laughs> yeah, at Oakmont, which is where I last played. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the seven iron's nice, man. I like. I can just feel the go- the ball just getting slapped by the grooves and just like doing a misty flip into the into the back of the club and then just like getting launched into the stratosphere. Do you ever just disassociate and either become the ball or the club when you're swinging? No. Well, no. work on that. Be the ball. It's be, a, be the ball, Danny. It's a, I'll just, try. Just do your best. Yeah. Uh, here's an interesting, an interesting question we got from Drake Shotland. Who wins in a fist fight, you or Jojo? It's <laughs> a good question. Yeah, I mean, it's pay per view. Uh, we'll do we'll do anything we can get. Like, what kind of fist fight? Like, is it like a backyard dumpster kind of thing? Like alley? No, I don't like. I don't like, like. I don't like my chances in an alley. It's a. Re- you know what I mean? Like, why? I just want like a little open range. You know what I mean? You think I'm like scrappy or something? Or I just feel like if you could pick the alley, you know what I mean? Like you, I feel like you've been like I feel like you know alleys, but more than I do. Yeah, I'm like a country guy. I grew up in the woods. You need space. I I feel like if it was in an aspen grove, you know, I like my chances there. Oh, because I can just see you hiding and yeah, shit. Yeah, I'm like, like I'm a good climber. You could trick me around there. That's so if it's Hunger Games style. Yeah, I see, yeah. I'll give you that. But yeah. I, I don't like the idea if there are any like weapons in play, I kinda give I give it to you there. Why? You know what I mean? It's just like I feel like I feel like with the I'm I'm not I'm okay with an, an arrow. I'm a, I'm a pretty good archer, but I'm not great. Yeah. Oh I see. You know? Yeah. Your own your own skill with weaponry. Yeah, and again the psychological warfare of, you know, like maybe a one of those ice caves. Right. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that could be cool. Wow, I just feel like we walked into a video game. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I do think um, you have a distinct advantage, right? Which is that your age, mm-hmm. your your blood oxygen level is much higher than mine. It's true. Uh, you know. I almost killed for the CIA, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's... yeah, you were prepared to undergo a tremendous amount of difficulty. Also, yeah, you're just like, you're you're probably more optimistic, too. That's an interesting question. Like, I'm... <laughs> there was a question... <laughs> Well, you know I think I mean? it, was, like, it was it was a leading answer. You're optimistic, so I feel like you might just sort of like, you know, I know that I'm like I'm closer to my own. I, it would be logical that I know that I'm closer to my own death than you are. So I might be prone to giving up. For example, my life is kind of difficult right now. We won't unpack maybe I, that. Maybe I would look forward to the end. <laughs> uh, he's kidding. Um, and uh, and I like the idea. Maybe we do like the end of the Hunger Games thing. We'd like find some poisonous berries, and we'd be like. We're both going Everybody out. Everybody loses. Everybody loses. I'm like FanDuel. Did you put a bet on that? <laughs> FanDuel. What are what are the straight up odds head to head? Yeah. Uh, in match. When I, when I say my life is difficult, I don't. I don't. I don't mean like the the parts of it that people see is obviously not the difficult part. But there are parts of it that I'm like, okay, this is challenging. Kind of like going back to the mentor conversation. Just like, how do I do this? How do I do that? Like, how do we set this up to be 
um, you know, meaningful random golf club that is. Last question. Um, the next time we do a Q and a, what will be different for you? What, when is that going to be? Probably another, I don't know, half a year, three months. Oh, wow. Um, maybe I will have gone on a, I'd lo- I want to go on vacation. I'm, I'm thinking about that. Yeah. You'll have gone on a long work trip. Oh yeah. I'm going to fly around the world in a couple of weeks. Yeah. We go, um, uh, Bul- Finland, Bulgaria, Vietnam, and actually I was in, in Korea, but I was, and then home. So it's actually a, around the world, circumnavigate the globe. Not many people have done it. Tom Doak has only done it once and he travels a lot. He's yeah, probably, he's, he's got a reason too. Yeah. And, um, so I found out this morning mm-hmm. that um, we're, we're going to get a couple of days off in Vietnam. Yeah, we're going to be able to chill. Stuart's going to be there. It's going to be nice. Okay, that's that's big. I'm compressing the schedule a little bit, yeah, so that we can breathe in the middle. Maybe like two or three days off. What did your what What did you just say? Like, um, you need a couple moments to collect your thoughts. That's in one Vietnam. of those yeah. in in Da Nang. Wow, you gonna play yeah. golf? What are you gonna do? Maybe I don't know. I don't even know what's there. I know that we're on the coast and Vietnam's got a lot of the coast and I just, I hope, I hope I don't know what it is. But I know last time me and Stuart went to Thailand, like we got completely, I mean, it just didn't stop. Sounds like a level five. You know, I'll just <laughs> oh, yeah. say it. Oh yeah, Stuart's been on a part of a couple level fives. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for listening. Oh man, yeah. There's so many, dude. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, the show's over. I'm happy. You you want me to ask any other questions? No, no, we're good. You got any questions for me? Jojo. I, are we done? <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Thank you for fielding the questions. Uh thank you for sending in your questions, everybody, for taking part in this. And um Yeah, we can never get to all of them. You guys sent so many great ones in. Um yeah. and you did a great job picking Jojo. Those you, are good. You can always go in the Discord and ask these questions any day of the week. Yeah. Um, and Eric's right in there and we'll uh, reply to you to do that. Just go to randomgolfclub.com, find that community tab. Yeah. Um, and you can get right in there. Uh, otherwise we'll see you on the next one. And if you're still here and you didn't get enough, call 833-MY-GOLF-LINE. I can't tell you how excited I am for this show to drop in like a matter of days. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Oh, we got a DJ. Golf line, golf line, calling on the golf line for your swing. For your swing, one eight three three my golf line. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for the Q and A pods. They are my favorite, and we'll see you soon.